Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Black Callus Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Chris. Today we're gonna to be talking about individuality and finding your strengths. But before we get into that, we got a few topics we want to talk about. We're gonna talk about Trump's tax returns because Trump, a lot of people not liking the fact that you know he ain't pay his fair share, so they're saying. But how you feel about it, bro? How you feel about it? I mean, it goes both ways. Like on one hand, obviously we want the people at the top to pay taxes, so sure. come back down, you know, trickle down economics, something like that. But at the same time. I could foresee myself in a future where I got really rich and I did, I like took advantage of loopholes that allowed me to save money. Is that wrong? Maybe. Is that probably what I'm going to do? Absolutely. That's my thing too, though, because it's like even on like a regular level of understanding the situation, people who like start off in like, uh, you know, you can say lower class people, right? Who become like maybe middle to high class, mm. they have the same mindset. They're like, how can I make the most money? and find any way to like put my money in maybe an IRA mm. or a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA so I don't have to pay taxes on this. How can I find the easiest way to make you know, my money grow without me paying taxes? Especially someone who is a business developer. Uh, he's a real estate developer. Mm. So I it's feel the like- easiest for real estate developers exactly. when you just like uh, write off in terms of what properties are depreciation, depreciating. Mm. And then think about like Amazon. So have you heard they paid like zero dollars in taxes? Mm. That's literally why they're so successful to mm. this day. It's like it's almost like a measure of success, and that even sounds bad, but that might just be how America is set up at the moment, where if you're able to pay nothing, then everything afterwards profit. But my thing, I feel like most people don't understand the fact that why is these big companies get tax credits. Mm. So, for example, if I'm going into a community and I'm giving a hundred thousand jobs or like a certain amount of jobs. I'm making that community so much better off of the fact that there is 100,000 jobs here that would not have been here. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I would like you to not let me pay taxes so I can actually compensate the people that love your community more. So I feel like it's just like trying to weigh which way is more. Like, do you want them to either pay more taxes and employ less people or pay pay less taxes and employ more people? No, yeah. And then the craziest thing about it is, like, obviously everyone's roasting Trump with respect to his tax returns even though during the debate he said the 750 isn't true who knows what's real or not it's no way to tell Mm. but like biden kamala pence every single one of them they're acting like they don't do that like i know pelosi's on whoever's doing her taxes is making sure she gets as much money as possible maybe trump finessed the most in that particular uh incident but i i feel like every rich person is doing this exact thing I feel like I'm a little ignorant on the space in terms of the fact that, like, how do, like, if you're a politician, why do you pay taxes? Like, don't the taxes technically pay you if you're a politician? I don't know the answer. I, it's just something no, I thought I mean, about. I didn't even think about that. It sounds very ironic because, like, like, they probably are paid off of taxpayer money. But at the same time, when they file taxes, ooh, yeah, I would have to think about that we'd have to maybe address that on a later episode because that's that seems like a loophole in and of itself i'm saying right it has to be something in there that's like on some like crazy loophole timing like where it says like technically they pay taxes but it might look like some wild I'm, okay this might be some conspiracy type theory thing but what if they're paying themselves and they're paying taxes but they're really a government official so they're like you get me no nah, i would hear you so this would have to be so politicians I guess that's on a federal level. Actually, when we're mm. talking about like Pelosi and people like that, maybe like your state senator, state taxes go to him. 
Okay, okay. But like somebody like the head, the the head of Democrats like Pelosi, mm-hmm. I would assume federal taxes go to her. So mm-hmm. maybe any federal taxes she pays goes directly to that. Nah, I can't. It That's can't work. Like that. that now crazy. we're definitely gonna research that for another episode because yeah. it's definitely something in there that I don't really understand why a politician, if you're technically you know a, a public servant or you serve the public. Mm-hmm. Tax money pays for public service. I, I I have to go deeper into to understand the fact. Like if you say you're like a um, garbage man, like garbage men, they get paid like by by the public. Do they have to pay taxes too? Well, here's know. the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, taxes are supposed to be paid as like your obligation to America as like a civil servant mm-hmm. instead of like a public servant. So like, I, and politicians are supposed to be held on that pedestal, like they're just civilians. Mm. Obviously, in today's day and age, it does seem like politicians are on a different, like, yeah, above that. But mm. I would assume at like the foundation, the idea is that they pay just like anybody else, and where it goes afterwards is, who I mean, who, who knows? knows? No, that's a fact. The thing is, I don't even know. But now I'm thinking though, I was watching another podcast. Yo, we might have to get headphones, bro. Because the headphones, I feel like it's just a different vibe. It's crazy you talk about this on the podcast about getting headphones <laughs> nah, on the podcast. Either. But, like, I'm just thinking, because I was watching, I'm like, it might actually be a different vibe to hear yourself speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you probably could track things a little bit now. There's definitely something you're going to put on the list. But JP Morgan, bring those assets here, boy. Because apparently, they had to pay $220 million in a, in a settlement for some nonsense. I'm going to pull it up right now. Was it 220 $220 million, bro. It might have been more than that. You think so? I, I, it was crazy? Cause I'm like, yo, J.P. Morgan, what are y'all doing that you gotta pay? Oh, is, is this the right one? Hold on, guy, we getting it right now. Dang. So what exactly happened with them though? Like, what's the whole idea of the settlement? So look, J.P. Morgan. Basically, what happens is they're just manipulating markets. Like, you can't you can't be doing that. It's basically they're they're putting in these like huge contracts, and they're not fulfilling it. So they're saying like, oh, we're going to place an order for this much commodities and they're not fulfilling the order. So basically, other people who see the market price go up, they're like, oh yeah, the price is going up because there's so much contracts right here and they put money in. But then JP Morgan's like, nah, we're not fulfilling those contracts. So all the people who put the money in there, they're going to lose all that, all that money. Mm. While JP Morgan still profits off of that, that situation. So basically, this large entity, very reputable, mm. very very renowned, mm. puts a market puts a buy at, at a certain price, mm-hmm. the market rises to meet that, like, large order. Precisely. And then once either some companies are like, oh, that price is too high, mm-hmm. so they don't even go in, or other companies are like, all right, fine, like, we'll, we'll right. take yeah. it. Then they cancel the order. Right. Drop the price. Then the mm-hmm. people who did buy lose, and then the people who chose not to buy didn't get it because it doesn't exactly. too high. Yeah, that's exactly. definitely market manip- manipulation. And I feel like what they're probably doing too, they're probably buying low a little bit and then pushing it up crazy like with potential orders. Mm. And then they'll sell high and they'll cancel all their orders mm. so that anybody else who's in that, who's had it at that price, they're done for because they're going to lose all that money when it goes back to the actual original price that it was. Yeah, it's definitely scheming. That, that shouldn't be allowed. But the thing is, they, first, don't do my boy Jamie Dimon like this. I, I, I like Jamie Dimon. Of course. So I'm like, why they, they got him on the, they got him his picture right here. Like he's some type yeah. of. You know, finesse God. Like, mm-hmm. this guy's out. Come on, don't do him like that, bro. He's not a finesse guy like that. It's some, probably some guy, like some middle manager, like other exec that's probably mm-hmm. was in charge of the situation. Don't do my boy Jamie he like that. He definitely this. knew about it, though. You feel so? I, I mean, as a CEO, when, especially like large scale contracts, like, he was definitely aware. And I'm not going to even, like, hold him. Like, mm-hmm. 
if, if you could get away with something, it's not moral. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I like, think. I mean, J.P. Morgan's at the, almost at the top, and, like, that's probably part of it. The thing is, J.P. Morgan got caught, but I feel like there's a lot of other financial institutions oh, that are doing things like this, but they don't get caught. And J.P. Morgan probably was you know, probably a little cuberous. They're like, mm-hmm. we've been doing it at a small level, and I getting caught. That's how to turn it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. They dialed it up, got booked. Dude, they're... 100% in contact with Deutsch, Goldman, like, all right, we're about to do this. We're about right. to put an order for a million. They're all on the same page. And then maybe perhaps they were just ahead of this, like, particular mm. uh, scenario of market manipulation. But everyone's in on it. Nah, somebody had to snitch, bro. Somebody had to snitch. I'm trying to think of it. It's like, I feel like one bank was like, nah, JP might get me tight. Like, Jamie, he thinks that he's doing too much. Nah, we're going we're gonna to get him right now. Because mm. I feel like somebody had to. They said... We wish, you know, we wish there were blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody had to snitch on these boys because it, it don't make sense how they got booked to me. Yeah, maybe an insider dropped out was like, I'll make a quick buck. Or maybe it was just completely, like, guided through his, like, own morals and he was like, this is completely wrong. Yeah, what if you're, like, working at a company, right? And you know your company is doing something slime, right? And you got, say, like, you, you got fired or whatever. You just had to leave the company, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody, like, a, a news publication came to you, like, yo, we'll pay you, like, 50K if you just give us some, like, dirt on the company. If I got fired? Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that's what, that, <laughs> that's what everyone does. Like, if you think about, uh, what's that new Netflix thing that Social came out? Social media dilemma? All those people work at very reputable companies. I doubt any of them got fired. But, like, right. it makes sense to, if you're no longer with that company and you can no longer, like, make a living or make money with that particular organization, mm. and then you have a way to do so, so make a documentary or... Mm. Some news journalists like, yo, post this, like, give us some news, and then mm. you make money. Like, it, I think that's human nature almost. Nah, you, did you watch it on social media? I said I haven't watched it. I'm uh, like 10 man, minutes in. Yo, everybody, if you tune into the hype. podcast, you got to watch. We spoke about it last. Was it last time? Yeah. Might have been last one. Yeah. yeah. We spoke about it. Social media is fire. But the thing is, I say that, it's like, it's true. Though. These guys come from like, these huge companies like Twitter, Facebook, Google, all mm. this stuff, and they just start going in, like, honestly, like, started off as a company that I, I loved, man. Yeah. I loved Google when I first started working there. I loved Twitter, And man. now that they're no longer there, suddenly there's it's all crazy. these facts and, like, figures about how terrible it was when they were there. They're like, honestly, the environment is so unethical, like... <laughs> I just saw people that just they just want to make a buck. Like, bro, when you were there, you wanted to make a buck. So don't make yeah. it seem like there's some like wow. Nah, that's a fact. It's too much going on there. Companies that do better. And what we got right here, we got Amazon drone. Bro, I saw this you know, the other day. It was crazy like crazy um, over here. Now what's going on? The whole Amazon drone thing. So mm. obviously we all know about the Echo. Like, I got one myself. I tell it to play a song. Play the song. Ask them. Oh, you got one. Oh, absolutely. Dang, they got my boy whole file in this, in, yeah, in this yeah. file. They yeah, got, they got me. They, they got, got me. your whole file. It's a good thing I got nothing to hide, but mm. anyway, I asked for the score of the game, and mm. then now nah, nah, I know the score of the game immediately. I'm literally from the comfort of my bed. Mm. Now they came out with this drone. I don't know if it's come out yet, but mm. they at least revealed it. Mm. And I honestly don't even know what it's supposed to do. All I do know is that there's a drone in your house, and it's like probably about like yay big a little bit larger than the echo i'm and definitely gonna put a picture on the screen for this part yeah because that's like it's important and then they can like fly around your house and like i know the main thing is if there's an intruder like mm. this drone is supposed to like contact the authorities i don't even know how it's supposed to do that but essentially it's been marketed as like your new roommate or something i don't i don't really don't understand but it's the next level of uh amazon potentially getting too close to home Nah, it's giving me like a, a flying echo kind of vibe. Like it does look like an echo. It looks like an echo, but it could fly around. Nah, come on, like 
Amazon, they make things convenient, but it's like, yo, you really gonna let a little robot in your house just flying around? Yeah, look up the feet. Like, look at what it's supposed to be doing. Amazon drone features. I'm gonna do like that. Yeah. yeah. Is it home drone? Should I do maybe? Cause they have two types of drones. Let me see. Yeah. Home, home drone features. Maybe it's just a security drone. Prime Air. Things are cool. No, no, that's the. the oh, that's the one. A first look at the new delivery drone. Maybe it's this new ring. Oh yeah, it's right. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, so it's like oh, remember the ring thing we were just talking yeah, about? Yeah. There was that ring circle thing that spawned on that little girl. Yeah. Yeah, tell a little bit about that. What, what's the whole story? Yeah, then? nah. I remember, I saw the video. Um, on it was like all it was going viral. It was like a little. It was on the news too. I'm pretty sure it was like a little girl. She was in her room, and she had a ring light. And her mom, not the ring light. I keep saying ring light. She had the ring camera. Mm -hmm. And then like I guess you could like use your phone. Like if you're a parent, it would make more sense. You would like want to be able to see what your child's doing. But the little girl's like just playing with some toys, and she just has a strange voice. And so she looks at the at the um camera, and she's like, "Whoa, like what's going on?" And like the guy's like, "Oh." Like, what are you doing, little girl? Like, kind of stuff. Like, where's your mom? All this stuff. And she, like, runs out the room. And it's, like, it's crazy because you have all this technology. But, like, if you're producing it at, at a large scale, like, is there enough security protocols there that someone can't hack yeah. in? Even if you have a drone. Who says somebody's, somebody's not going to hack into, like, the little drone, start doing some wild stuff, not a drone's in your room while you're sleeping? Yeah, yeah. And that reminds me of the whole incident. This happened with, with the Echo a couple years ago where... Essentially, a conversation was being recorded. Like, picture me and him talking right now. Mm -hmm. I got the echo on the side, records a combo, and then sent it to a, someone on that person's contact list. Devious. So, like, my echo is right now, con like, set up with my own contact list. If I say call mom, it's going to call mom. Mm. But instead of using it for what it's supposed to be, something glitched in, like, the software programming, and it recorded the combo and then sent it to someone on the contact list, which is like, Absurd on two levels because obviously invasion of privacy, but also why is this thing even programmed to be able to do something like that? So like it raises a lot of questions. Like is it just used to help the consumer or are there other devious things potentially at play? Yeah, no, true. And we gotta talk about we gotta talk about the surveillance capitalism because we're we gonna bring this up every podcast because I feel like it's perfect. Chris, just talk about it, bro. Because honestly, after he told me this surveillance capitalism my dad, I've been using it like I'm some genius. Like, I feel like Albert Einstein every time I drop it. I mean, like, it's going to come up for us more so than we even have to bring it up because we're going to see more and more examples of it. Mm -hmm. But, like, last time I brought it up was with TikTok, the algorithm. Like, they know you so well that, like, they're able to effectively produce videos on your feed that you want to see. So they know mm -hmm. you. Now with this whole drone thing, they're going to know your home. They're going to know what's going on. And it doesn't have to be like a doomsday scenario where it's like, oh, this is the worst case scenario. Like they're spying on us necessarily. Mm -hmm. But it's like we're becoming more and more comfortable with things being or like floating the, the line of privacy of our own privacy. It's like way back in like 2001 or like the whole Patriot Act or like NSA spying. Like we increasingly we become more and more comfortable with like certain parts of our privacy being like given up for convenience back then it was for we don't want terrorism like mm. anywhere near us so like we'll give up some rights for that fine i actually worked out but that's up to you but now fast forward we're about to have a drone in our homes maybe if, if you don't want it you wouldn't get it but the like idea or the appeal is that it's going to bring you a certain amount of convenience at to the point where it's like you know what maybe it's not that bad but when does it become too much, bro? Like, 
when does it get to the point people are like all right now now it's too much like does it got to be like some type of like shower scan like they want to check your body temperature in the shower make sure everything is good but for i you? can see people getting that i would that, i'd probably get that like the thing is like when does it become too much like at the point like they got a little camera while you're in the shower they're like all right analyzing analyzing yeah. analyzing your body weight is blah 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 blah. you need to eat but blah, think blah, about blah, how blah. kind of fire that it's like you just take a shower something you're gonna do anyway and now you know you're like uh, your vitals your body temperature is too low <laughs> or like your blood sugar is not high enough or something like that obviously it's that gets to another level but once again it's like the convenience aspect of it almost makes it seem worth it and that's the whole idea of surveillance capitalism like i don't even know when it becomes too much I can't even, I don't even know if I can foresee. Nah, chipping ahead, bro. Chipping ahead. But, I'm but down. you're down. That's what I'm saying. Chipping ahead. The seems worst like part a lot. is, like, I see the worst parts of, like, this idea. Mm. However, like, a chipping ahead that's going to make me be able to, like, do math equations or something. That, yeah, it's and, also going to be able to tell when you walk in the street, you see somebody with a nice body and you're looking at that. But who's that information going to? I mean, who knows, bro? At the end of the day, that shouldn't deter you. No, no, no. It, that should be a deterrent, uh -huh. but I can't see that negatively impacting my life. Like, I can see the positive effects. Maybe that information is being sent somewhere, but then that information is only going to later be used to create a new product that's going to provide me with more convenience. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I don't even want to speculate on what that product could be, but... um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, because the oh. thing is, they're going <laughs> to know everything, yeah. bro. You're just sitting at the sitting at, at dinner, mm. you know, might be with your significant other. Waiter, waitress comes by, you have a thought. The chip ready register your thought. Yeah, but neither my wife or the waiter knows that. But if somebody... Amazon might But say, say one day, like, you get to a prestigious position, mm -hmm. and they, they have these transcripts of your thoughts, and they want to release it, like... See, that's right? not okay. But people already get... Like, bro, people right now, they feel like they delete certain things off of social media, they're mm -hmm. still resurfacing out of nowhere. So if you have a chip in your head, mm -hmm. and somebody's like, yo, not gonna lie, Chris was thinking about something wild in 20, 2040, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We have to address this. Like, so why are we thinking this? The and people second, are getting dragged for stuff that make no sense. How do you get dragged for a thought, bro? The second my personal data can affect me, like that is mm. OD. That's not never okay. But it's going to get there, though, I feel. I'm going under the assumption like that my public data is just used to like create better algorithms to like obtain more data. The second like a company could be like, yo, you had this thought last mm. week. Like, we don't like, we're not okay with that. Right now, it's... You posted this on Instagram. Why do you think you're fit for this company? Okay. Mm -hmm. I made a choice and I shouldn't do that. But if it's like you're thinking this or like your search history is that, that's like crazy. Nah, because that's how I'm thinking. Though. I feel it, like it's going to be some type of time like that. But I do understand your, your, yeah. your point though. Like in terms of like the optimal lifestyle, it's like if you're doing something and they, they see as you're thinking like, oh, like this is difficult. Like mm. it should be an easy way to do this. Then they can find a, a solution. Therefore, life will be better. But it's, it's, I feel like it's always going to be balanced because everything that's going to be good about it is probably going to be something that's equally as bad. See you having an intimate moment. They're mm. in that intimate moment with you. They're, like, they're literally in that moment with you. But I'm fine, I'm fine with it just being uh, limited to they. Like, we don't know who they is. It's used a lot. It's like, okay, okay, okay. It's always like, yo, they, they do say like blah, blah, and blah. It's always they. But the second you can specify and be like, now this company <laughs> I'd rather keep it at that instead of like as a thing. It's kinda of like the same vibe as like the government. Like people yeah, yeah. like the government's watching you, like it's fine brother. when it's just like the government. Yeah. But like, if you know specifically like, this organization like, yeah. in this town, becomes, it's like all right now, nah, come on. Like exactly. now, now I wanna know. I'm now, fine with they, I'm not fine with he or her.
or, or them. Shit, they or. I mean, we. I guess we're fine with them. Yeah, them, them, because yeah, yeah. them, they. But yeah, nah, he is. He is crazy. Imagine Elon comes up to you, he's like, Chris, we gotta talk, man. I saw that you were having some odd trouble understanding like this, this type of vibe. Like you know, you were very um insecure about this. Can we, can we discuss this? I'd be like, is this between me and you? But yeah. if that's then like uploaded publicly to like the world that like I'm having that specific insecurity about something, that's never okay. Yeah. Elon wants to chat it up about something he read on my brain sc- scans to help mm. like further research for the brain scans or the chip or whatever. I'm all I'm all with it. All right, one final question on this topic because you since we on it, do you think that Elon put the chip in his own head? I guess it wouldn't make sense for you not to. But how does it? Yo, but what? Why would you create something to put in someone other people's head that you won't put in your own head? That's what I'm saying. Like it wouldn't. I don't even think he could get away with not doing it. He he could he could just lie. Yeah, like if know. he really didn't want to, he could say, "Like I got it. Like mm. you should get it." But I would assume like Elon's type of guy, where it's assuming this isn't like some like grand yeah, conspiracy yeah. or something. Like he's like, "All right, now everyone's chipped up." Yeah. But no, nah, I can see Elon doing it because like he, the reasons for why he wants to put this chip out seems uh, moral enough that he would also do so. Hmm. I don't what know. about you? What do you think? I feel like if he's not putting it in his head, I'm not putting it in my head. Absolutely. Like I like the the whole idea. I feel like it would make life a lot easier, especially like you know the idea of like they can fix problems a lot faster. But I would be very skeptical if Elon did not put it in his own head. Yeah, no, I just like, why, why are you just going to give us a whole bunch of consumers? And second, how much do you think it's going to cost? I still have one more question. I asked another question on top of that. Mm. Uh, I know he wants to make it very affordable. So, like, for everyone to have, I think there could potentially, if it's too expensive, maybe, like, there's a plan. Like, iPhones are pretty expensive, but, like, a lot of people have iPhones. I would see minimum 100 maximum, like, 700 what if he, you think it has to go for like an update? Like, you gotta go to like some spot and just like. It will up. <laughs> start paying, nah, it's, start it's made so that it can update like wirelessly, like a software update on your phone. So, like, imagine just walking out of nowhere. You might, yeah, stop for a sec in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you like talking to someone and you don't even realize you blacked out. And then you're like, yeah, but anyway, as I'm saying. Yeah, you just start sinking. It's like, no, nah, don't worry about him. He's sinking. Yeah. He's fine. He's, he's good. He's good. Just that could be something download. that's normal. We called it here first. They're like, oh man, oh guys, I'm sinking, I'm sinking. Like, nah, I can't even think about it. But um, anyways, we're about to get into this uh, whole topic of individuality and finding your strength in segment two. Hope you guys enjoyed the first segment, uh, the business segment. Matter of fact, yo, we didn't even talk about no stocks. Honestly, we're gonna talk about it next time. Next time we gotta come prepared. You know, honestly, we've been trying to test out a little bit of stuff, trying to see different ways we want to start tailoring the content, see what people like to tune into. So I, I feel like stocks. Seems like a decent aspect that people would tune into. So we're definitely going to start trying to come with like at least some picks that we like. Obviously not saying you should invest in, in it at all. You know, obviously do your own research, but we're definitely going to do our research as well. So tune into segment two, individuality, finding your strengths, being who you are. And yeah. All right. Segment two of the podcast. We're getting into it. Individuality, finding your strengths type vibe, and just becoming the best person that you possibly could be. <clears throat> so basically... The whole idea, you know, of this segment right now is just basically to encourage people to be like the highest level of themselves on the individual aspect, 
So like if you're a part of any collective, you could be as beneficial to that collective as possible. So basically the whole idea of like individuality is like ba- breaking away from like social constructs. Cause you know, I feel like in society right now, there's a lot of social constructs, whatever demographic you're a part of, whatever situation, that kind of starts to shape your identity. Mm. But like on an individual level, you're still a person. You still have certain ideals that like might not 100% line up with whatever demographic you are. So like, for example, biggest example is race. Like people always have the idea of like race, you know, stereotypical type things. Like if you're a specific race, you do certain things. And I feel like on an individual aspect, that doesn't really make sense. How do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when you, like, bring up the idea of race and mm-hmm. in terms of going against the individual mindset. Like, so, like, I remember, like, Joe Biden brought, he was like, well, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. That, like, whether, whoever tough. you want to vote for, that, like, statement directly illustrates, like, this mindset of, like, if you're this group, mm-hmm. you should do this. Mm-hmm. And if you're that group, you should do, like, another thing. And... Regardless of if the majority of black people support Biden, like, the second that you could, like, put in a statement, and then even as a presidential candidate, like, actually say that, and whether he expects that to be true or maybe it'll just slip up, whatever the case is, I just feel like that's never okay. Like, the fact that I'm a part of a group Mm. means that I'm going to act in a certain way because that in and of itself destroys individuality. Nah, for sure, and I just, I really want to take the whole idea, too, of, like, the social constructs to just, like, attack, like, a lot of things, like, there's so many things that, in specific communities, don't make sense, I mean, I can only speak about, you know, being black specifically, but, like, there's certain things, like, if you speak a certain way, it's like, oh, why do you speak that way, like, mm-hmm. you're obviously not black if you talk that way, like, it makes no sense in all actuality, like, there's no reason you could say, like, one specific race speaks one certain way, or, like, one specific race has to be good at this, has to be bad at this, like, to be honest, bro, I'm actually bad at dancing, to be honest, really? yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'll, okay, I'm much pretty bad, but, like, <laughs> like, I'm not the best dancer, yeah. but people be like, oh, you know, you're black, you know, you got super rhythm, like, you're the mm-hmm. nicest dancer, like, all these, like, social constructs, but, like, on an individual level, I just might not be good at dancing, and, and that's fine. To add to that, too, like, I'll go ball with my friends, and, like, I'm not saying I won't cross you up on court, but, like, uh-huh. there I have a lot of white friends who, just because they play basketball mm-hmm. throughout their whole lives, are, like, kind of nice. Right, and, like, the they automatically expect that. And once again, like, I got a couple moves, but at the end of the day, like, it's not something that's directly attributed to race, which is obvious, but... Yeah, and, like, even, like, the whole idea of, like, your race defining, like, it, I feel like it creates more problems in society than it does good. Because there's so many, I feel like there's probably like as like you know the years go on, there's gonna be more people that don't exactly fit the stereotypical mold of like a specific like co- social construct like a race that'll be problematic. I remember I was watching um, a video and there was an Asian American kid and he was like, "Yo, like I'm really not that good in school, but like it created so much trauma for him because everybody had the idea that he had to be the smartest kid. He had to be like at the top of his class. He had to be like getting 4.0 GPA every semester. He's like it it damaged him cuz he's like he he tries his hardest, but he might only be able to get a C plus. He might only get a B minus, but he's actually putting in the work. Everybody's looking at him like, oh, look at this guy. Like, he's not a part of our group. Like, look at him. Like, he's a slacker. Mm. But he's like, yo, I'm really trying. It's just that this just not, might not be for me. That's why on, like, an individual level, everybody's different. And we have to start as a society as a whole, I mean, in general, like, stray away from the idea of, like, yo, just because you identify a certain demographic, whatever that demographic is, that that should be what your identity is rooted in, you know? Absolutely. So, like, what would you recommend to that kid, though? Because, obviously, the forces that be that operating society are too large to tackle mm-hmm. as an individual 
but yet he's facing these challenges every day as someone who may might be an average student yet the expectations for him to excel above and beyond as an Asian American like what could he possibly do in that scenario is he's should he just ignore all those things and accept the grades he gets mm-hmm. or should he feel I want to say like pressured to do better academically although that's also something that's a feeling that anyone could have could, yeah, yeah I get you so I I guess the question would be like how do you respond in that scenario I mean, like, I can't specifically speak to, like, an Asian person, but like, even, like, as a, a like a black person, right, it's, like, trying to understand that situation. It's, like, somebody said, like, you don't fit up to a specific stereotype. It comes down to, which is really difficult to do, but you have to build the confidence, though, I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to just be confident in who you are as a person to say, like, I understand that what the society believes that this demographic mm-hmm. stands for, represents, does is one way, and I'm different, but I'm super confident who I am as a person, which I definitely don't think it's easy to get to that level. But I think if you're intentional about it, you can slowly get to a point where you're like, listen, I don't care what anybody has to say. This is me unapologetically. I'm doing what I have to do regardless of what anybody feels, regardless of what anybody has to say. This is who I am, and I'm operating this way. Yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. Like, don't let those things be the thing that define you. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember I've been to, like, pool parties or, like, pool Mm -hmm. events with friends and, like, I'm not like jumping in ten feet water. I already know where this is going. I'm not jumping in ten feet water on my own accord, like mm. while if everyone else is in there. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm gonna still be reinvited to those events, and it's well known that like you push me to ten feet, you're gonna catch a, a case for murder because I'm not getting yeah, out of that. For sure. But like those <laughs> that one aspect of me, although it may align with mm. a stereotype, like doesn't define me as a. It has nothing to do with me. It's just. If anything, it's just coincidence and between stereotypes and and who I am, but like that's fair. The main thing would be to not let those things get in the way of who you are as an individual. That's not something I ever think about at all, unless I'm at the pool, of course. Mm-hmm. But like, who you are as <laughs> an individual so should supersede <laughs> any expectation that people have of you because of your demographic. Uh, for sure. And I just want to t- touch on this idea of like this whole pool concept. Yeah. I'm going to share a story. Yeah, I hope my bro who did this is listening. Basically, I'm at a pool party, bro. Like, I think I just graduated. Yeah. I probably just graduated high school, right? I'm at a pool party with the guys. We're having fun. Maybe a few girls they around. They push you in. You know? Bro, I literally, this guy, there. me and this guy, we like just playing around, right? My bro, I'm going to say his name because the guy, my bro Kendrick, right? Pushes me into the pool. I literally fall in there. I'm done. Like, bro, it's like nine like, feet. Yeah. I'm like, like yeah. I'm done, bro. Then one of my other friends jumped in and like swam me to like the, the edge. I'm like, bro, I can't swim. Yeah, like, I thought I literally thought my life was over. Like at that point when I'm in the water, like I'm just thinking like all the movies I saw where mm-hmm. it's like just some kid where he's just like fighting his life. I'm like, yo, it's over. I'm never coming back. And I'm, mind you, I'm in Long Island, right? Because mm-hmm. I went to school. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's done. Like I'm just a kid from the city. I'm in Long Island. This, this is how I'm going out. Like I'm, Matt, I'm never right. going. Going yeah, home, yeah. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Cause I see all the movies where like just some kid drown. Like I'm really done in this guy's backyard, and like luckily I lived. But it's like, yo, it's true. Like some stereotypes you might align with, but like still overall, like an individual level, you see, you might not be the the full picture. I've had the exact same thing happen to me, mm. and the thing is, I can only tread and or swim when it's an emergency situation. No, nah, I like, can't even in an emergency, bro. Like when it's like life on a line, like 
then I'll actually like make it, but like I would never do something like that on my own accord. But yeah, no, those. I'm, it's funny that we both Bro. experienced that. Uh, even when I see like the videos, like people just jumping into like the deep blue sea, I'm oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah nice yeah. over. If I was in the deep blue sea, I'll stay in the deep blue sea. Yeah, there's no, there's no getting out the deep blue. Sea. I'll literally nah. stay in there. Nah, I'll be a, probably a nice fish's meal. But also, <laughs> on the topic of like individuality, is like we we touched on like the social constructs and like the idea of like what society is gonna put on you like you know you're a you're a male you should operate this way you're, mm-hmm. you know you're a guy boys do this boys operate this way you're not a boy if you don't do this or girls do this whatever you know black white whatever the race might be they have the societal things but then they have the things that I'm not gonna say be willingly but we might end up in like a title for example like if you go to a specific college some people say like that specific college will define you so if you go to UPenn like like oh wow you're like the smartest person in the world. Or like you're like the most rational, like whatever. Right? Or Harvard, yeah, yeah. Harvard, yeah, yeah, like yeah. any Ivy League, right? Yeah. Or for example, like say for a job, like I'm, the example I put here, like people say all the time, like if you're doing like stuff that's low level, like oh you're a garbage man or you're a gender, it's like yo, you don't know. I could be probably the smartest guy in the whole neighborhood or the smartest guy in the community, mm. but certain job titles have already a stigma on it, like oh you do that, wow, like wow, I thought you'd be doing something better than that. Yeah, no, you you bring a good point. Even like mm. I know like the finance. Degree sure. has like a, a bad rep, or like psychology majors have a certain type of rep. Just there's a bunch of different majors that have their own different reps. Mm-hmm. But it, it's interesting that you bring that up too, because like when someone asks, like, oh, like, who are you? They'll say their job. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not even a, just a product of like these majors have the or these jobs have stereotypes that may later represent who you are. It's also like we've gotten ruinized to saying like oh yeah i'm an accountant or mm. i'm a garbage man right. so like it, it is a funny thing that our funny way our society is set up in a sense that we almost also define ourselves as our jobs yeah it's kind of weird though because like also like even the perfect example you just said it's like you have a conversation with somebody like oh like what are you you know man i'm, a, I'm an actuarial scientist or mm. something like that right like, oh, no, no, that's not what I mean. Like, are oh, you a nice guy? Like, what would you like yeah, to do? Like, yeah. what are some of the things that you like, enjoy for fun? Mm-hmm. You know, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do type vibe? But everybody, it's just so easy to say, like, what's the most relatable thing? And I feel like that's the thing in society, too, is, like, this whole idea of, like, relatability. Like, everybody wants to be the most relatable. Because if you're relatable, you're accepted just on that concept. Like, if I relate to you, you're going to accept me easier. And another point to that, like, where that all stems from is, like, we live in, like, so for Americans, like, you live in a society... And then for you to say what your position is, like, almost just, it's me telling you my contribution to society. So, like, we have this large you. collective, like, we're all part of this, like, big, uh, obviously, democracy. Mm-hmm. But as an individual, you serve, like, this, you're this pawn on, in this, like, larger chess game. Or you're this piece in this larger spinning wheel. And so, like, someone's saying they're, like, a construction worker automatically, like, lets me know who you are. And this larger will. And that's at least how I feel. Mm. Why I feel like we do that. Like almost like you tell me your worth in this larger thing that's going on. Yeah. Because it's like the idea of like they tell the worth. Because if I say what I do, you're going to be able to derive how valuable I am to society. Mm -hmm. If I tell you that I'm a janitor, someone might be ashamed to say that. Which they shouldn't be ashamed to say because it, it's your job. You bring value just as much as the, the, the best hedge fund manager in the world. Mm-hmm. But everybody would say, oh, the hedge fund manager, oh my God, he's, he's bringing in billions of dollars. Like, this guy's a beast. But if you really look at it from, like, a, a practical level, who's really doing more? Like, this guy's cleaning a whole environment. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really doing more on, like, a day-to-day. 
hedge fund manager, what is he doing? Crunching some numbers, doing a little this, that, and the third, transferring some money around. other people doing it. Doing that. that stuff for him. Yeah, yeah. So it's like on the actual, like who's do, ha, doing the most for society, it's actually the person that's doing a janitorial type job, who's mm-hmm. doing a public service type job. Because they're actually helping in a different way, but the people that's always going to get the most acclaim is somebody who's doing like a basketball, making millions of dollars, playing in the NBA, or hedge fund manager, or somebody who's like a Jeff Bezos, who, mm-hmm. you know, a billionaire CEO. Those people are going to be seen to bring more value in in society in general, which might not be right because you see all the time like there's CEOs who are like super you know elite, super successful, and they get exposed to being like, for lack of a better term, pieces of shit. Like people say, like on an individual level, you're a horrible person, mm. but from what you're able to do in a business standpoint, like you're successful. So I guess we have to you know give you you know your flowers it's also kind of tough that we live in, in a society and it, it is the way it is like there's really no complaints but like the idea that we live in society where you are one thing so like mm. everyone has like a variety of different interests maybe like you're a chef but mm. you also like to go home and like garden or mm. like you like to sometimes paint like exactly. you could never be a chef a gardener and a painter you're mm. only this one thing and that's what defines you Unless you're a gardening chef painter. Or astronaut <laughs> football player for like in space. But like, yeah. yeah, but then that would be identity. It wouldn't be on an individual, like on a separate level, you do these things on it. But know. that would at least be a step forward where you could at least, if someone told me they were astronaut football player in space, obviously there's no football in space. Yeah, but, like, but I get you though. It's like you said multiple professions. I at least now. It goes off the same, like, uh, construct. I know you do this, this, and that, and mm. I can, like, envision certain ways, like, of, about your upbringing and, like, other assumptions that would come to mind. Mm. But, like, the whole one, this is who you are, and it's your job title, and then mm. that goes into the nine to five, like, that's who you are. Like, I just personally don't agree with it. Yeah, yeah, no, especially, like, I'm happy with the 9 to 5 idea. We, we got to get out that mindset. Yeah, like, exactly. and, like, the whole working a job, like, it just irks my soul every time I see, like, someone say, like, oh, my God, it could never be me. It's like, yo, bro, <laughs> like, if they're happy in the role that they play in society, they're happy mm-hmm. with how they're helping a company grow, they're happy taking a subsequent role, subsequent, we'll say, because not really, because some people who are employees actually run a lot more behind the scenes than a CEO actually does. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes have more power in certain corporations than the actual CEO might have. Yes, the CEO is deemed as the person that's like has the success, but it's like a lot of CEOs are just people who have a lot of capital that are able to assemble a team. Mm. So if I have like a million dollars and I'm like, oh, you know what? I want to start a tech company. I'm going to hire this guy who's nice at this, this guy who's nice at that, this guy who's nice at that. Yeah. But the employees on an individual level have more knowledge about the, what they're doing, are able to actually control their teams more than me because they know what they're talking about, know what they're saying. And yes, I might be the CEO, but I really only had a million dollars to start this company. So I feel like the whole stigma of being an employee makes no sense. And a lot of employees are, I would say, way smarter than CEOs, especially if they're like experts in the individual field. The only reason the CEO is able to exceed in that exact scenario is because exactly what we've been talking about. It's like mm. instead of one person just being the the software engineer mm. or like another person being the accounting or the like, the finance financial analysts, it's like the CEO is able to have all those people underneath him, and as a result, he's able to obtain the value from all those people, and the sum of his value is Ooh, then I love it, I love it. like way greater than any individual part. But no, like that, it literally it's funny how that ties into exactly what we're saying. Like the CEO, sure. the chief executive officer, has all those pieces moving underneath him, 
even in a game of chess, like the king's in the back, mm. really doesn't move at all. Mm. Like I don't know if you ever play chess, but it's like it's one. Well, I know you have, but yeah. it's like <laughs> one piece. Like he literally moves once, one square left or right or forward, mm. versus like uh, a bishop could do like the, the specialty move. There's so many different mm. pieces on the board that can do something. But at the end of the day, the king is what's a protected, protected yeah. but b considered the most valuable. And the thing is, like, even in an idea, like, the king is the most valuable, but it's the least, it's, like, the most inefficient. Yeah. The king is basically a pawn. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, a pawn can only move up and down. Except like, he's just behind all the other pawns, yeah. which elevates him above He's, like, a, an advanced pawn, because, like, a pawn can only move up and down, but a, a king can move, like, side to side. And there's only, only one spot. There's only one king. So, like, he really is a, he's just a glorified pawn. In the sense that it's just one of them versus mm -hmm. I have a team of 10 financial analysts. I have my software engineering team For over sure. here. But if you only have one CEO and, mm. if, and if everyone's working underneath that, then obviously the value, simple supply and demand, there's one of them. Mm. And you're underneath, yeah. I mean, it, it's a weird analogy, but I think it kind of accurately ties into no, what we're saying. It definitely tied in perfectly. Because even like the whole idea we were talking about earlier is like, you know, actually, let's, let's get into this first before we get into that. Like, is. The question that you posed earlier, is individuality dead? I want you to, to, to touch on that real quick. Yeah, I mean, obviously we live in democracy, uh, especially for America, it's a two-party democracy, so it's either this or that. Mm. There's so many other parties in between that never get any spotlight. They're just tossed aside, mm. and that's fine. But it's kind of like we're moving to an age where if you don't agree with this, then you're automatically that. And that, to some degree, makes sense in the idea of the majority, which is what a democracy is. Mm. But it's almost as if you have to agree with this mm. or you're automatically that. And that's, like, damaging or dangerous because I feel like that can rule out individuality in mm. the sense that you're more concerned with the collective than your own beliefs. So if I go on TikTok... For example, and I see a video with like 2.5 million views, mm. and it's like, yo, cancel this guy. That You're guy's done. canceled. He's, yeah, he's canceled. You're I don't, at that point. My, You're canceled. You're out of there. My individual thought is irrelevant. Like, mm. it's automatically, this is what it is. And if 2.5 million people will agree with it, then he probably deserves to be canceled, honestly. But, Not for sure. But, like, individuality could essentially be dead in the sense of the grand collective. I was saying on a day-to-day -day basis, like, what you do on your own will have absolutely have an impact on like your own day-to-day -day life but in terms of what's going on in general like some people don't feel like they need to vote because they don't feel like their individual vote means but do anything. anything yeah no that's definitely true but yeah like even on the whole idea of like your vote not mattering and like you being an idea like from an individual standpoint it's like it's not that much i could do to affect change in a specific idea i feel like fully translate to the whole idea of like is individuality dead because it's like your whole thought process already is like there's so many people in the world like what can I like why does it matter who I am like why do I have to focus on who I am as a person it's easier for me to identify as as a group or as a collective because that's why I can have the most impact because there's more people within that whole demographic or within this whole support system that's going to allow me to feel like I'm doing more which I feel like should should not be the mindset, especially if the whole mindset is like you want to create change. It comes down to like the stronger you are as a person, the more change you can have as a part of the collective. Because 
the whole idea we talked about last time, like critical thinking and like diversity of thought. If you're not doing the things you have to do on an individual level to make sure that when you come together as a collective, you're bringing the best ideas, you're bringing the best research, you're bringing the best whatever it is, the whole collective is never going to be that strong. Therefore, the change that the collective has writ large is never going to be strong as strong as it could be. So, like, the whole idea, too, of, like, you know, I'm going to just go specific into, like, the idea of, like, race, right? There's a lot of people who... I feel like there's nobody who is in the black community that would say like you know in terms of like wealth the wealth gap and like pay that there's not a problem right that there needs to be more people in the black community that are wealthy on an individual level you should do everything you possibly can to be wealthy whether that is you know working towards your dreams working towards entrepreneurship working towards getting a promotion at your job working towards you know investments whatever it is on that level doing whatever you could do individually because you have to realize that that helps push the overall wealth gap. Because if you're like uh if you're somebody who's working right now and you become a black billionaire, mm-hmm. then that does a lot for the black community as far as also the black wealth gap. And then even an example that's not extreme but also that still mm-hmm. perfectly highlights the points like I remember I had a coach on my lacrosse team and he used to say like you you can act as the boy you were or you can act as the man you want to become. So, like, Ooh, that's that's, nice. that's a very individual statement. It's, like, di- very directly to whoever wants to, like, achieve, like, a new, like, mm. level. But at the end of the day, he's a coach of a team. He's saying that, although he knows it's going to hit on an individual level, it's because it's also going to make the team better. Another mm. example of that is um, with respect to, like, recycling. Like, mm. recycling on an individual level is, is not going to ever do anything. But if every person recycles individually, then eventually we can reduce, like, our amount of, like, the waste we produce or whatever it may be. And so it, it is sometimes hard to conceive of, like, your own individual actions affecting, like, a collective, such as, like, you simply voting. But what's more impactful is the danger that comes from not having that mindset. So it's, like... I'm not going to vote because it's not going to do anything. Mm. You alone, sure, your one vote not going to matter. But mm. when you think like that, and then your friends, your family, and then you have like this like collective thinking that stems from this individual thinking, that that's when it becomes negatively impactful. And same thing goes with the cross team. If none of us are on the wall, you know, just practicing our touch, then when it comes to the game, I'm going to mess up a pass that could have led to a catch, that could have led to a goal, that mm. could have led to the game winning. So all these things are very uh, compounded in terms of their results, but it does go to uh, emphasize and highlight the individual impact on the collective or the group or larger thing as a whole. Nah, for sure. And I'm going to just... I'm going to go back to one second real quick, just take it forward. Like, the fact you brought up compound, it's like, say, for example, if you're the type of person that you believe, like, you love compound interest, that's the best thing to you, right? Mm. So it's like, from an investment standpoint, it's like, if I skip one week of investing, you have to understand what that, whatever, 200 or $100 would have done to your overall portfolio over time, mm. because the compound interest is already there. Mm. So if you say, like, oh, man, I, need, I really need to do this this week, like, I really want some nice shoes, so I'm going to skip out my 100 this week. On my portfolio, mm. you don't know what that could have done for you over time in terms of the idea of compound interest and how that affects the collective of your portfolio. You just think of it as like, eh, just one week. 
But if you have consecutive one weeks of you skipping because it's just one week, the whole collective of your portfolio is going to be damaged because you're not putting the amount of money that you could have been putting into your portfolio for it to grow at the level that you want it to grow. Secondly, the idea of voting, which you brought up, which I think is a perfect example, is the mindset transcends. So if you're one person that says, I don't want to vote, and you're spreading that ideology to another person, like, man, I'm not going to vote because like, I'm just one guy. Like, What does my vote say? Eventually, there's enough one people that don't want to vote that mm-hmm. is going to have an effect on the collective. For example, it would be dumb for a basketball player on a team of five to say, like, listen, man, I'm just, gonna, I'm just not going to put in no work. Like, the team is already good enough. There's no reason for me to put in any work or for me to become the best basketball player I could possibly become on an individual level mm-hmm. because the team is already nice. But now, if you have the ideology and the team starts to develop the ideology, then you now have five people in the starting five who have the same mindset of like, oh, it's no reason for me to put in any time off the court because our team's already nice. But now your team's trash. Your team is trash now because everybody believed that on an individual level, they didn't have to do what they had to do because the collective was already strong, as strong as it could possibly be. And now your team's dirt. You're losing to some regular guys you probably would have blown out if everybody on an individual level was doing their cardio, they were working out, and they were spending the time dedicated to what they need to be doing. Yeah, I mean, the sports thing is the best way to exemplify in the sense that it's, the example that shows the negative or positive impact immediately mm. is harder to show on a large basis other than obviously elections like clearly mm. you know right away like whether it the point is like yeah if a couple people or if the majority of people on the team aren't doing their due diligence mm. then the team is going to suffer as a result and from there it's just it's almost hard because like when you do get into these larger scenarios, so now let's say you're not part of a team, whether it's 11, 20 people, mm. like NFL or like whatever. Mm. When you get into those larger scenarios, so it's, maybe it's a company. Mm. So like the, the company has certain values. You have to live up to these certain uh, standards for the company to succeed. But mm. then you have like an example uh, at JP Morgan. We don't know the exact specific details of what happened, for but sure. perhaps it was like specifically the trading group. Mm. maybe J.P. Morgan has these, like, list of more ethics that they abide by, but this mm. particular group was like, well, we could finesse the system real quick and make a couple extra dollars, maybe, like, 15% of their commission, I mean, their salary is commission-based. So, like, if we can finesse a little bit more and ignore some of these ethics, mm. although they're a smaller segment of this larger whole, had they ab- abided by, like, just honestly just regular comp not just company but like uh, uh business ethics like you shouldn't for be sure, manipulating the market then the whole organization as a whole wouldn't have taken the hit that they did with its settlement mm. so like in most examples it's hard to see the impact the individual could have on the whole but jp morgan which in the early segment we, we touched on is a great example of how the individual or just really how the smaller piece could affect the entire puzzle. Nah, for sure. And I, I, even like thinking about like the largest, probably not the largest, but still a lot, pretty large scale. Like on a specific level, like I have to bring it back to this because just I love the example so much, and I feel like it just makes the most sense in terms of like the specifics, especially in the climate that America is in today. Like we're racist, like at the forefront of everything. Like even in the presidential debate, which we probably should have gotten into in the first segment. The presidential debate, like, I feel like race came up a little bit and, like, the whole idea of, like, you know, Trump denouncing white supremacists and, like, Joe Biden, like, whatever the situation was. From On, like, the individual level, it's like, if whatever problem you feel, like, the community or demographic that you're a part of faces, 
on the individual level, you have to understand that you have to do everything you can to change that before the whole collective can change anything. Because mm. you're a, a piece, you're one piece of the whole. So if you do that and people see you doing that and then they start to do that, then eventually the collective gets to the part where everybody's like that. Mm. But I feel like right now, especially in society, there's this like whole idea like, yeah, I'm a part of the collective, but I'm going to chill and I'm going to just wait and mm. just, just try to basically spew this narrative hoping that it creates change. Not understanding that you can create change in whatever small way you can. If there's enough people creating small changes on the individual aspect, the whole collective is going to change overall. And it's funny you brought up uh, the debate with that because this whole idea of the individual versus like the entire collective. So politicians are going for the collective. Like they want the They most. need the collective. They, they, they actually need it. They have no choice. That is like they're in the job of appealing to the collective. So <laughs> then you have Trump like when he was asked to denounce, like, white supremacists. Like, he was like, whoever you want me to denounce, I'll denounce. And then, as he goes to continue, he's like, yeah, uh, uh, and white supremacists, stand down, but stand by. Like, he's taking with <laughs> Bro, I swear to God. And then, like, Chris Wallace is like, nah, but, like, like you, you haven't denounced him. He was like, I'll denounce him, but stand by. Like, he, like, kept saying it low-key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the same thing goes with Biden. It, like, uh... Trump would grill me, be like, "Yo, Antifa," nah, or like, "I got it, stand by." He's like, he was like, "I know you're like far left supporters, like will like uh, disown you or like Antifa." And then Biden's mm. like, "Antifa is not an organization; it's an idea." So like, it's like trying mm. to go with whatever's going on without actually mm. denouncing, and it's because they want to appeal to the collective. But that exactly exemplifies how. You not being able to be decisive, so stand down, but stand by, or it's an idea, not an organization. Instead of just doing what needs to be done for the whole, politicians are obviously going to do what works best. For the for, collective. And, and that, that might be hard to juggle around with. You might need to re rewind like 30 seconds to fully understand, but it's like they're in the business of doing so, and we've almost become into the routine of being extreme. Right now, we live in a political atmosphere or climate where the left and rights are on the furthest sides of the spectrum, mm. and we've completely bought into it. There mm. was a time where politicians were all seen as phony. Obviously, you know whatever they're trying to say is for their like reelection. But now we've just complete completely bitten the bullet, and mm. we're like fully in, and we're just as extreme as they are to the point where there is no middle ground. So anyone on the opposite side of the spectrum, wherever, you, despite wherever you are, is just seen as an enemy, which is like, that completely goes against this idea of individuality, where it's like, let me see what this person has to say, versus now it's more so like, oh, you don't align with this, this collective, this group, this party, I don't want to hear it, get them out of here. No, for sure, I 100% agree with everything you just said. But, like, on a specific level, like, on an objective standpoint, how do we teach individuality? I'm going to say, like, how I believe that we can teach, and you can tell me how you feel about it. But I feel like on a, on a specific level of trying to teach individuality and trying to push people to be more themselves, it starts with, like, having, you know, dialogue, having conversations, and allowing people to be who they are. Because from one standpoint, it's like, if you are creating a space or creating environments where people can have the conversation where they can fully embrace who they are, then that's helped that person become who they are. And if you're the person that needs to speak, 
you have an environment where you can speak about who you are and fully understand who you are as a person on an individual level that I feel like right now society doesn't allow for with things like cancel culture, with things like people being super judgmental on social media. You don't have the, the proper platform or space for you to say like, this is what I do, this is who I am, this is what I like. And regardless of whatever social construct that, is this, that they have going on, this is what I am. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And as much as I would love to answer, and I could even, like, think of a few ways that would be best to go about it. Mm. I think we're moving to just the age of the collective. Like, uh, mm. there's there's the movie The Matrix, which i actually seen more recently than most, where it's, like, the whole idea of, like, the machine or whatever. And I have to go into, like, too deep to what, the, what that even means. It's just mm. the idea that there's always this larger force at work and in society today with things like cancel culture or like our political scene like if you're if you are outside of that then you are an outsider you're a deviant and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's not even a bad thing like it it does have it could be a bad thing but it does have positive implications as well mm-hmm. it's just as simple as like there's larger forces at work and i think as society continues to move on mm-hmm. we're going into a space of efficiency, of ease, where you don't agree, I don't even want to hear it. Like, this mm. is what it is, and if you're outside of that, then you can get lost. And that's just my personal opinion, but I think as we go on, maybe this election will change things, but that we're headed to an age of collective things. But that's that's a very far-out, futuristic-type idea. What do you think? is the best way uh, to teach individualism now, individuality now. Yeah, uh, like I would just say again, like the from starting, whether it's like elementary school, everything starts mm, in school. Yeah. Regardless of what everybody thinks, whether it comes to like you want to teach a certain type of work ethic, whether you want to teach a certain type of just thought process or anything like that, it all starts in school. And I feel like from a school level, there has, there has to be more conversation amongst peers where students or people in school feel comfortable speaking about who they are. Because the way I think of it right now is that people go through their whole schooling process, and if there's something that they feel like society might not accept, they're going to suppress that till they're like 18. Because I feel like most people get to the point where they want to start expressing themselves more in college, Mm. and that's when they start to be fully who they are. But for some people, that might be too late. You just spent, what, from like six, when you started like kindergarten, five, six years old, to 18. That's about 13 years, you know, 12, 13 years that you're suppressing a large amount of yourself for societal approval because you don't have the type of confidence or the type of mindset to say, like, listen, I like to do this. Mm. Even though society says I'm like this, I like to do this. You don't have that type of thought process yet. Mm. So I feel like from a school level, while people are progressing, there has to be more acceptance and understanding that everyone's different. And from an individual level, you have to create these spaces where people can communicate with their peers about who they are, and then you can address it. Obviously, there's some situations that are wild. Somebody's a murderer that needs to be corrected. Yeah. But would you rather not know someone likes to kill people when they're eight than as opposed to when they're 21 and just start murking people? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If someone has an inclination to say, like, yo, I, I think that mm-hmm. I might be a killer or I, I like these certain things. If you create a space where they can fully articulate not say like fully articulate, but like they can start to like let you get that vibe that they're a murderer. You mm-hmm. might be able to help a lot like of problems. Like you take your son hunting at eight years old, and he like loves the blood. He loves the rush. Like, He's yeah, like yeah. picking up the the like the deer or whatever that dies. He's yeah. like strangling like ah. Yeah. He's like dumb hype. It's like all right, uh, there might be something here we gotta address. Yeah, yeah. Or a situation where someone, you know, is in in high school and they're like, oh man, like. 
like some some they like giving like real child molestation vibes. Mm-hmm. Just like you can correct that because you create the environment where they were open to say how they felt, and now you understand the problem and you can address it from a different standpoint. But if you wait too late to someone's like 20, 20, whatever, mm-hmm. and they're now starting to say, like, yo, this is who I am, like this is stuff I like, there's no reason stuff should get to that point where you're waiting so late to address certain problems and that should go, be addressed later. To go off earlier. that, like I've seen a lot of people who are like prescribed ADHD pills. And mm. I use this example, there are many people with ADHD who mm. perhaps should be prescribed. I'm no doctor, I don't know. But the increase in likelihood for a doctor to mm. prescribe like a child who is behaving a certain way in class that seems like less focused, mm. they're just more and more likely to, to give them that prescription, which could have implications later along later on that are negative when mm. in reality perhaps that specific learning style wasn't best mm. for that student or perhaps something at home with that student like that child wasn't sure, going on sure. so once they were in class things didn't go as well whatever it may be we've and statistics show this as well we've just seen an increase in like our likelihood to prescribe ADHD and I bring this example up because it's our likelihood to see a problem and then quickly diagnose it with a full swoop response, which completely ignores an individual's differences, which it, that might be the most efficient. That, that might even, I don't even want to say that's the best, hmm. but like the increase in, and we're getting to a very different topic here, but For the sure, increase sure. In, in, in different, um, and the uh, prescriptions of children who don't have ADHD, but who receive it anyway, I think is the exact result of us trying to find collective solutions to sometimes individual answers. Yeah, no, for sure. And before we transition to this idea of like yeah, positivity, yeah. for sure, like that's just realistic. That's society's problem overall. Like even like whether you deem it down to politics, which is probably I would say one of the most divisive things right now in society, where people are split like on like I support this, I support that. Yeah, yeah. So like even that idea is like. It's easier for people to, to look at things from like a collective standpoint. It's like everybody in this demographic needs this. Everybody in this demographic needs that. But if you look at it from an individual standpoint, there's some people in the overall collective that might need a different solution. But it's just easier to just deem everything one way because it's more efficient, mm. realistically. Even like the whole idea we were talking about earlier, like collecting data as a company. Mm. When you collect data, you still have this overall collective idea that everybody who does one certain action is going to perform one way. And on a data level, it's easier for them to create a lot, like literally thousands and thousands of collectives because they collect data so fast. But on like a political level, like an everyday level, it's harder to collect that much data. That's why people push so much. Like, go do your census. Go do this. Go do that. Because on a, a smaller scale, on like a micro level, it allows you to collect more data. And that's why companies will always be more successful. And that's why people always have the idea of like private versus public. But on a private level... Private will always have a different type of agenda than a public agenda. Mm-hmm. And that's why private has always been more successful. People always have the idea of like capitalism this, capitalism that. And I feel like that's just a ploy to say of what's publicly controlled versus what's privately controlled. If I privately control something, it's gonna I'm gonna have way more so like say so in what happens in the direction and uh, what specifically we do as opposed to something public, which is definitely a whole larger topic between big government, small government. But on a private aspect, it makes more sense. And then even outside of government, and, and I, I don't even mean to step to you outside of the boundaries of this conversation, but like, mm. so you have something like masks for like the coronavirus. 
it's that's a very public issue because you choosing not to do that mm. could harm others. Mm. So that it makes sense that that's something that's collectively enforced. Something like someone smoking like a cigarette, obviously that has like personal implications. And yeah, there's secondhand smoke, but like mm. the reality is that person is still able to do so mm. because it, the public harm isn't there. Then you go back to like seatbelts. That wasn't always legal. Mm. I mean, uh, that wasn't always something that was enforced, mm. but it later became so because it's like your impact on society is more negative than pot. Like you even taking that risk, although it might be individual, could also harm others. Mm. Something like, I, I don't want to go into like LSD or like marijuana or something like that because then like the, the lines between individual and uh, collective, collective are begin to get blurred. blurred. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, it goes to like the I, the thinking between how positive and negative something is, but that tied then with how individual or collective those implications are. Mm, I get you. I get you. Not for sure, for sure. Because people always say all the time, like an idea of like drugs and stuff. They're like, oh yes, yeah, so on an individual aspect, you're only harming yourself. Mm. But like if you are like on LSD, you're driving a car crash it like you're now you're harming the whole collective mm. and that's why people who are heavily pushing like drugs staying illegal the whole premise of the argument is people who are incoherent and is that the right word yeah, yeah, yeah. people who are incoherent they're going to affect the collective in a way that is going to damage more people even though yes you're harming your own personal body and you have own personal your own personal decision to do drugs or not do drugs when you're in an environment like you're outside, you can harm a lot of people, even with alcohol. Like if you're someone who's drunk driving, you could potentially kill a whole car of, of people just because you're just driving under the influence. But then that's why drinking while driving is illegal versus sure. just drinking. So like uh, that exactly mm, no, exemplifies like the difference between like the public danger like versus danger yourself. Someone who drinks their life away is obviously a danger to themselves. Oh, I get you. But that's not illegal in the sense that you're not directly presenting harm to like other people so maybe drugs drugs while driving or should be illegal so like even smoking yeah i mean on on a small level then it would at the whole premise is that like if you can harm other people then it shouldn't be the individual action it should be anything that you're doing while that's that's like a whole different basis but like no absolutely but that makes sense though you i think it does but there are a lot of people who have reported that when they smoke and drive they're not they don't feel impaired in fact, they feel focused. Now, with that being said, they are trying to create, I think it actually might already be created. They're trying to create like a breathalyzer for people who are smoking while driving. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that's become more popular as marijuana in the U.S. just becomes more popular. It's not necessarily taboo to smoke and drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously at the same time. But like <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, to yeah, do yeah. so while high does seem, okay. it definitely doesn't compare to drink while driving. That, you yeah, have yeah, no yeah. shot. So I wouldn't say necessarily all drugs, but easily most. Maybe actually marijuana is the only exception. But I'm thinking like on, on an individual scale, before we ch- transition to positivity, like on an individual scale, right? If I'm someone, which I'm not, but if I'm someone who likes to do cocaine, right? Mm. I like to do crack, right? That action in itself on an individual standpoint, if it's only harming me, should not be illegal. Yeah. It shouldn't. Because if it's only harming me, if I'm in my own home Absolutely. and I decide to smoke crack, I should be allowed to smoke crack. Absolutely. 
But now if it's a situation where I'm driving while under the influence of crack, that should be illegal in the same way that drinking while driving is illegal. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's tough because, like, I bet, I mean, someone who's on cocaine could probably, well, could 100% drive way better than someone who's drunk. Drives. Yeah, pretend, yeah. Like, if not, better than someone who's sober. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But the argument there might be, like, the ease of doing that action while on that drug. Like, if you're drinking, you're most likely not going to drive. Hmm. But versus if you, like, are doing ripping lines, like, you're like, yeah, I drive. Like, even that's still just, that's just not an ideal scenario. What's more interesting about the drug versus public action debate Hmm. might be how, like, LSD and things of that nature are increasingly becoming more appealing to people for like medicinal. So marijuana is okay now because of its medicinal purposes. People are, mm, are mentioning people okay. are mentioning LSD for its uh, micro dose. Uh, something that's like positive mentally, whether stabilizing. I, I'm not really sure, mm-hmm. but the idea is something like that, and as was marijuana just a couple of years ago was completely frowned upon mm. entirely versus alcohol is oh, yeah. okay but uh, I don't know that's something we'll have to get into at another there's a lot there but let, let's hop into this idea of, of problematic positive thinking and the whole idea of like it goes without saying that if you're optimistic, you're going to have better results because you're always thinking towards, you know, doing the best possible, best possible thing, right? Mm. So I argue that there's a level of positive thinking that becomes problematic if you're always thinking positively. Would you agree with that? Elaborate. So basically saying that, like, if your first reaction to any situation is like, I'm just going to think positively and I'm not going to even take time to embrace anything negative, that could be more detrimental. It could possibly, not for everybody, but it could possibly be more detrimental to you than if you took the time to embrace the negative aspects of things. Yeah, I mean, I think it's there's definitely a difference that needs to be established there. So, like, if you are if you experience something that's very negative and then immediately mm-hmm. you're like, oh, no, well, everything's going to be okay, then that's not all right. Like, sure. you definitely need to address negative scenario, see the implications of that particular event, and then if you want to look at the glass half full, see the light at the end of the tunnel, I support you completely. Mm. But if you are able to, and I don't, I feel like most people, I feel like it wouldn't be innate to be able to do so. But if something negative happens, mm. to immediately disregard the negative, like, reason for that scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're doing that, that's definitely more damaging than good. Yeah, because yeah. if you just took an L, and something I always say, if you just took an L in your life, then that should also be a lesson. But mm. if you just disregard the L, you're disregarding the lesson, then you don't learn from it, you're more likely to encounter that later on. No, definitely for sure. You're definitely going to see that again. And I would say, I feel like humans by nature are negative. Mm. Yeah, like yeah, humans, yeah. Like if anything happens, the first thing is like, oh my God, like you just start getting mad. Because yeah, yeah. that's just human nature. But I feel like on a, a, like a deeper level, it's like now people are starting to, you know, adapt the ideology or the idea that like if something negative happens just ignore it like just stay positive positive thinking you know everything is great in life we just everything is just rainbows and sunshine we're gonna be mm. good right and I feel like as much as that ideology keeps getting pounded down people's throat paws like you have you have you have to get to the point where you're like yo let me just 
step back and say, like, if I'm always positive, I'm never taking the time to actually heal. I'm never actually looking at the negative. Mm. So it's not a situation where you say, like, don't. Like, com- like negative is not something that needs to be understood in situations. It's like, there are people who are actually ignoring negative, and no matter what it is. Something bad could happen, and they will suppress it. And I feel like in the suppression is where the most problematic things happen because you're not taking the time to actually heal from the situation. No, yeah, I feel in that scenario, you're 100% right, but mm. I feel what's more common, especially in society today, is mm. people taking a negative and then just completely drowning in the negatives of their life. So, like, mm. I remember I heard a quote a long time ago. It was like, it takes five bad things to override one good thing. Or maybe it's the other way around. The point is, you're more mm-hmm. likely to remember the negative things that happen in your for life sure, sure. versus the good thing. And I feel like there are people... I remember th- there's some girl I knew who uh, mm-hmm. would absolutely dwell on all the negative things that happened throughout the day. Mm-hmm. She might touch up upon something that happened good, mm-hmm. but like it, like the focus of her like her terrible life was all mm-hmm. these bad things. When in reality, like, just as many good things are happening, and I feel like it's more likely for people, at least for the people I've encountered, it's more likely that people dwell on the negatives. Like, it's almost, it would be beneficial to those types of people anyway if they could dwell more on the positives. But I feel like I've run into people who have suffered as a result of too much emphasis on the negative versus too little emphasis the negative if that makes sense yeah no i definitely i feel like the average like most people in society right now are going to be on the side where they're going to over overly emphasize the negative Mm. and that's why people preach you know stay positive but i feel like there's a small collective of people that are genuinely positive and then when you preach positivity they're not going to become overly positive Mm. which leads to the suppression Because, like, for me and you, we're, in the, we're the type of people, like, if something bad happens, we're just going to, like, hey, cool, it happened, let's go for it, right? Mm-hmm. But now if we're consistently, you know, taking the narrative, like, be positive, we're going to be more positive than we already are. So if something negative happens, the first thing to say, like, yo, boop, you're out of the way. Without necessarily taking, taking the time yeah, to embrace that. Yeah. And I feel like that's where the problem lies. And it's not, a, I feel like, in general, it's not really a huge problem, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something that has to be addressed because... I feel like as time progresses and more people are going to be positive, they're going to be more people that are going to be overly positive. That's something they can positive. run into as well. Mm-hmm. And they're going to run into the idea of like, I'm such a positive thinker, but like why I feel like things are affecting me so much is because you're not taking the time to address the negative, which is also important. As much as positive is important, negative is important in terms of helping your growth. Just like if you think of like anything, everything in life has a positive reaction, a negative reaction. And yeah, no. With that being said, so mm. too much focus on one thing, whether like so, I brought the example of people who focus too much on the negative. Mm. You brought the example of people who focus too much on the positive. It seems like there needs to be a yin and yang balance. For sure, for sure, for sure. And outside of that, anything outside of that doesn't work. And that mm. even goes back to our conversation about individualism versus the collective. We have like two opposite sides of the spectrum, mm. where. Anything that leans too much on one side is going to lead to a detrimental impact because it doesn't have that balance. We see that in our political party, like our political atmosphere today, but even outside of politics, like mainly too much focus on one thing with too much disregard of the other in the end is the most hurtful. That's very profound. Versus anything that's very very profound. and, And I think I've referenced this before, but it's like we've all heard the phrase like, Sometimes things aren't just black and white like there's gray area. But mm. 
we've entered an age where things are literally, and literally with the whole race mm. riots that are going on today, it's like, it's either black or white. And in reality, there's so much in between where mm. if we focus on one side, whether we're being too negative, maybe all cops are bad, or maybe being too positive. Mm. So we're disregarding the bad apples in the for police sure, system. Sure. That we may have just hit the nail on the head with respect to all this shit going on today. Like there is no longer any yin and yang. We we've completely stepped outside of equilibrium. There's no yeah, balance. For sure, for sure. And as a as a result, there's tur- turmoil. So I I don't know, man. It's, we we might have honestly. I blame the media because. <laughs> The thing is, like, when you're in the media role, like, even, like, some of, like, the stuff, like, from a podcast standpoint, yeah, we have a podcast and we mm-hmm. use this, but there's still a level of media to it. Obviously, when we do certain things, we're trying to get, invoke a certain reaction with the type of content that we put out. Mm-hmm. So, from a media standpoint, they have to take that stance to get the biggest reaction. So, if they're not taking the farthest right or the farthest left stance, they're not going to get the best reaction that they need. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that's why society's at this point now where everything's black and white. So I think, honestly, we have to start holding the media more accountable to say, like, yo, you have to stop taking the farthest left and taking the farthest right stance and understand there's a lot right here. And most people fall right here. But if you're falling right here and you have a little bit more left-leaning, a little bit more right-leaning, and the media posts some wild left stuff, you're like, dang, I got to support this, though. Mm. And now you're supporting the wildest left, even though you're probably, like, literally right in the middle. But, Pete, I feel like the media does so because... Because of us. So, up until... As, I'll get you as a result. Up until 2016, 2020, political participation is trash. Like, no one's voting. There's, like, a third of the population who's actually going to go out there and vote, right? Mm-hmm. So, they're, like... There's a third of the population who's actually cares enough that they will vote. Which means mm-hmm. we have two-thirds of the population that's somewhere around the middle. Maybe some lean left, some lean right. For but, sure. for the most part, they're in the middle. Mm-hmm. But we have this third, 33%. About 15, 16%, 17% on the left, mm. another 15, whatever percent on the right. Those are the people we need to hit. Mm. So the media ramps it up. They're like, we need to get more extreme. If these are the people voting, these are the people we're talking to. Right. So that happens. Then we have our even our political parties. They're like, if these are the people who are actually going to sway the vote, then we need to align to their uh-huh. interests. Like, they're. We've almost set up sign away, and this is where I'm talking about the duality, the the yin yang, the both sides. It's like it's not it's a hundred percent the media. Uh, no, right? definitely. But it's a hundred percent as a result of us too, and, right. and it goes both ways. You can't say it's literally like the chicken or the egg. Like mm. who knows which one contributed to the other, but like they're both two sides of the same coin that are like ultimately the reason for everything we're seeing today. Uh, definitely, definitely. And that's why people, like, especially a lot of people on the right, is, like, this whole idea of, like, oh, my gosh, everybody in this has, like, Nazi socialism. Like, they're going, but no, it'll be the opposite. It'll be the people on the right are so are Nazis. And, like, the whole idea of socialism, whatever, whatever, right? And I, I definitely agree with you. I feel like the media is a result of what the people respond to. Because if you're a media company... And you're you profit off of media, you're gonna wanna do something that gets the most reaction, the most views, the most viewership. Mm. So if the most viewership to you is posting the most radical life or the most radical right, you're gonna post that. Cause your whole thing is you're thinking from a business standpoint. But that's why people is always the idea of business, politics, and life mixing. 
Because if you're thinking from a business standpoint, you have to understand, yes, the most radical right thing is going to help you get the most viewership, which is going to bring you the most revenue. But that's also going to affect society in the most. Mm. Because then the most there's people that might be in the middle that might not be like, I got to lean radical right because this is what the, this is the narrative that my side is spewing. So I have to support that. And people are realizing this more and more. Uh, as time goes on, the media is going to stop. Like, it's become apparent to, mm. to both sides that the media, like, has agenda, whether you're watching CNN or Fox News, is very clear, like, what they're sure. trying to, like, perpetuate. It's actually hilarious, honestly. Because you can literally read an article and just tell the tone, like, are you serious? Absolutely. It's really and, a type of topic. And right? at the very least, like, we're almost all on the same page now. It's just, like, we're just, we're although we're on different sides, like, we know we're in the same corner. It's just, like, you're on a different side. Mm. But with that being said, like, because ratings or business is, like, the... the Forefront? At the forefront, mm. I think as time goes on, obviously YouTube channels have gained more popularity or like people like Joe Rogan who are, who are literally just saying we want free and open debate no matter what side yeah, you are. Yeah, more objective, yeah. Those things become so popular because it's just we're, we're tired of that. So eventually things will shift, but mm. the the examples we're bringing up are exactly what's what's going on today. Yeah, no. I mean, to just give a summary statement for me, you can give your summary statement after. It's like, just the whole idea of like, just really, just individualism is super important on like a thought level, thinking for yourself, doing for yourself, making sure that everything you do benefits you the most. Not saying that you're being selfish, but understanding that by doing that, you're gonna help the collective the most. Whatever you support, whether you support like allowing teachers to have more pay, if you're being the best teacher you possibly can and advocating for that by making sure you're doing your role, teachers are going to get more money because you're doing everything you can from your individual standpoint to affect that movement. So what, no matter what it is, any movement that you believe you support, understanding that as one part of that overall collective, you have to do everything you can and understand your strengths and utilize that as best as possible to affect the collective. No, yeah, and then for me to wrap it up, I'd say... Uh, we've hit so many points sure. already in the past however long i'm more curious to see this in like a couple years 10 15 20 years to see how things have changed since then have they con continued to trend in this exact same direction or was there even a larger yin and yang we were unaware of like mm. sometimes things get extreme and then eventually we flow back to the middle and then like this is a larger political spectrum mm. that we don't even know about so i don't have too much to say I'm just more curious about the way, way uh, deep into the future when uh, things hopefully change. Nah, for sure. Thank you so much. If you got to this point in the podcast, you're a beast. I doubt you didn't because this is a very long podcast. Um, if you definitely supported it, subscribe to the channel, like the video. And um, yeah, we just going to keep on putting out content. I think next episode, we might go a little stock heavy, maybe. We're gonna we're definitely gonna discuss what what angle we're gonna hit next podcast. But subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. If you're on Apple Music or Spotify, definitely follow the podcast so you can stay in tune on that aspect. And um, we're definitely gonna keep putting out the content because we definitely think it's important. And we're out for today.